The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Good afternoon, vegans, pre-vegans, and other friends of this program. Thank you so much for being with us today. If you're listening live, you know that we are one day before Halloween, which is a perfect day to talk about, let's see, chocolate. Woohoo! So that is going to be our topic after the first break when I bring on our wonderful guest, Fran Costigan. She's a pastry chef and a magnificent expert on all things dessert-like. She can do healthy desserts that don't taste healthy. You know what I mean. Just totally delicious and wonderful. Her new book is Vegan Chocolate. And I am just hoping and praying that that book just tears up the culinary world and the dessert world because this lady really knows what to do with the sacred bean. Well, I guess there are two sacred beans, the coffee bean and the cacao bean. But they're both pretty good. Gosh, you put them together, you've got yourself a mocha. Well, from here in late October 2013, as we are recording this today, to wherever you are in the future and around the planet, I am Victoria Moran, your host for this weekly show. I'm the author of Main Street Vegan and the director of Main Street Vegan Academy, where we train vegan lifestyle coaches and educators. This is something that I do as a wonderful, wonderful heart connection 
business here in, in New York City. And it's so delightful to me because four times a year, whenever we do this five and a half day program, it always makes me feel that I'm planning a wedding. Now, those of you who were married any time in the recent past or who perhaps had a, an offspring, a daughter or son who married recently, you know what that feels like. It's just, let's see, do we have the flowers? Do we have the food? Do we have the dessert? Do we have the photographer? And that's kind of how it is with the Academy because people come from all over. I mean, we've had people from Australia, France, Germany, the um What's the country? Qatar. That's always a country I never know how to say. I think you're really supposed to call it Qatar, but when you say Qatar, nobody knows what you mean. Anyway, so people come from afar, and part of it is that I feed them, and every meal means something. Now, those of you who are are vegan or kind of sort of vegan or are into healthy eating, you know what I'm talking about, that you're not just serving a lovely meal that people will enjoy, you're serving a meal where everything has a meaning. So this is what I try to do. One day we'll have an entirely raw meal because we are going to have an elective class this time about raw foods. We don't always have have time for that one, but we will have it this time. So we're going to do a meal. It's like it's one thing to listen to somebody talk, and the person who will be talking is, is delightful, Karen Ramsey, the author of Creating Healthy Children. She was a guest some time ago on the show. You can look her up if you haven't heard that one. But we're not just going to hear what she says. We're going to have a meal that illustrates what she says. One of our other teachers is the chef at Sacred Chow Restaurant in Greenwich Village here in New York City, and that is Dino Sarma, and he comes from an Indian background. So he talks about how to get all the flavor out of those Indian spices. So for one of our lunches, we're going to have a pumpkin soup from one of my favorite cookbooks. Oh my gosh, this book has been around a long time, but you know how it is when you get to be friendly with a cookbook, you don't want to let it go. So this is from The Peaceful Palate by Jennifer Raymond. And this is a pumpkin soup that uses more spices than any other recipe that I do. Because I'm not a gourmet cook. I don't get in there and, and use the spices before it's time that they outdate. But this soup uses cardamom and clove and mustard seeds. And so we'll be doing that so that, that Chef Sarma's class really comes to life. So it's really, really fun. I'm also making the restaurant reservations. Wonderful New York City restaurants, Cafe Blossom, Candle Cafe West, Peace Food Cafe, Caravan of Dreams, which definitely wins the name of restaurant prize. Isn't that wonderful? I think we should all have a caravan of dreams kind of hitched up to our subconscious mind. And then we're getting everything set from having furniture brought in, from getting all the technical stuff working for everybody's PowerPoint and just opening up this adventure to people coming from around and about. So that's going to start on Friday. Other things that are going on in my neck of the woods, my little dog Forbes had his surgery. I don't like the word that they use for that surgery, so I think I'm just going to call it demasculinization. 
Now, you know what I mean. We all have to get our companion animals fixed. It's maybe not the best thing in the world, but it is absolutely necessary. And Forbes had to wait a while for his surgery because when we got him, he had heartworm disease. But he overcame that with the wonderful, gentle kind of treatment. So now he's had his surgery, and that means he is a politically correct dog, and he can go to doggy camp and doggy daycare. But I just love him so much. (laughs) I really don't want to send him anywhere. But life is long, and there will be a time when I'll be traveling, and it will be wonderful that Forbes can go off to camp and have a great time. Another thing that just happened for me is that I finished the T. Colin Campbell Foundation program in plant-based nutrition that they do online through the E. Cornell program of Cornell University. And I highly recommend that program. Dr. Campbell is going to be on the show, I believe, in uh, December coming up in, in about a month. And it's just, it's just grand. If you're really interested in the science behind the nutrition, one of the things that I learned in the course that is just absolutely stunning to me, did you know that a smoker who eats a whole foods plant-based diet has less chance of developing lung cancer than a non-smoker who eats the standard American diet. This is just stunning. So those are the kinds of facts that you can get in that program. And you can go to Dr. Campbell's website for more information. I know when my Main Street Vegan Academy, people want to learn more about nutrition. I send them there. When they want to learn more about cuisine, I send them to people like my upcoming guest, Fran Costigan, for her uh, vegan baking boot camp and some of the other wonderful things that she's up to, which we will talk about right after these messages when we come back with more Main Street Vegan right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. When listeners like you contribute to the Unity Online Radio Network, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. 
The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. You're listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Hey, everybody. Are you ready to talk chocolate? If you are and you happen to be listening live, you can join our conversation at 888-558-6489. My guest is my friend, Fran Costigan. Fran is an internationally recognized culinary instructor, recipe developer. She's an innovative vegan pastry chef and the author of three cookbooks. The latest is Vegan Chocolate unapologetically luscious and decadent dairy-free desserts. And they are, oh my gosh, sensational. Fran graduated from the New York Restaurant School and the Natural Gourmet Institute, and she's been a pastry chef in both traditional and vegan kitchens. She teaches her distinctive courses, her vegan baking boot camp intensive in New York City at the Institute of Culinary Education and at the Natural Gourmet Institute. She is also a faculty member of Main Street Vegan Academy. I'm so proud about that. And her website is francostigan.com. And when you go there, be sure that you watch the book trailer about vegan chocolate. It just makes you feel like you ate chocolate, which is, gosh, maybe maybe the answer to the, oh, my gosh, I can't just eat one dilemma. Watch the book trailer. Hey, Fran, how are you doing? Hey, I'm great, Victoria. Thank you for that lovely welcome. I'm so excited to be talking with you on your show. I listen in, and I always learn something new from you. And oh, we are girlfriends, folks. We yeah. Really- Great. We are. It's, it's really, really fun. And it reminds me of how much people who are vegan need to, even if there's only one vegan in like 50 miles, that, you know, you guys talk and get together sometimes because it means a lot to have the support. It absolutely does. 
It absolutely does. We get together to eat, to discuss things. I I know that you have finished the T. Colin Kimball course, and I am following you there. I, I have started it, and it is fascinating, really interesting. I recommend well, it as well. And this brings me to actually one of the questions that I wanted to discuss with you. You are a pastry chef. You help people enjoy what many would say is the best part of the meal. Probably some would say the best part of life, and that's dessert. And yet our plant-based medical people are saying no salt, no oil, no sugar. Mm, Where do you come down on a middle path there? I have to say that we really, I believe wholeheartedly from what I've read and intellectually and just on a feeling basis, we know that we are all individuals, and so I don't believe there's, even within the whole foods plant-based world, to differentiate from the candy bar vegan, which I think we probably ought to talk about somewhere in this, in this broadcast, but there is no one right way. And if we eat a diet that is so austere without thinking that we can have a treat, it just doesn't seem to work. I mean, I changed my diet over 22 years ago, maybe 23 years ago. I really don't have an anniversary date. But when I did become when I did become a vegan, I was eating healthful foods and I really for a very short time was shunned. I just said all desserts are evil. You know, I went to that place until my 14-year-old son said, "Mommy, please, you can't put a candle in a baked sweet potato and tell me that's my birthday cake. <laughs> and it kind of really knocked my head around, and he's absolutely right. I missed having a good cookie. I like a cookie after a meal. It tells me that I'm finished with my meal, maybe. I don't know. You know, and then some of our, we, well, we have weddings, right? We have anniversaries. We sit around the holiday table. Thanksgiving is coming up with our family. And not to share Something sweet in life just doesn't make sense. And, you know, I did make Rip Esselstyn's wedding cakes, and they weren't sweet potato. They were the (laughs) chocolate cake on the cover of my book, per his request. Well, I guess we we all need to kind of give a little, loosen up. I mean, I think there are people who seriously cannot eat a sweet. It's sort of like an alcoholic with one drink. Yes. And and there are people probably who really just need to stick with fresh fruit and get on with their lives. But I think the vast majority of people, when you're not looking to get a fix from it, it's just so delightful to be able to satisfy that natural craving for sweet that we're all born with. We are born with it. I mean, that's that's the truth. We We have this craving. It comes from, you know, it's... It's our biology. So the ways, you know, the way that I work it into my into my own lifestyle, or what I suggest to my students and readers is find what what works for you. You know, we have we have a range, and I'm different at different in different seasons, or just depending on a, a whole host of things. I believe that when we eat a vegan dessert that's made with quality ingredients, not vegan junk food. There's plenty of vegan junk food today uh, because vegan has become so popular, but made 
really correctly with quality ingredients, quality high percentage chocolate. The higher the percentage, the lower the sugar. So there you are. Cocoa powder is the low-fat baker's secret. But you make something that is absolutely delicious. You're not tricking your body with fake sugars and so on. And the texture is right. You really are satisfied with a smaller piece. My portions are smaller, but the cake, the desserts taste really good, so people are generally satisfied with that. And then I amp the desserts up by adding a big old helping of fruit, generally speaking, along with whatever it is that I'm serving. So one truffle can be enough, you know, because it's velvety and lush and chocolatey. And if what you're doing is a raw diet, you can make a truffle using dates and nuts and all kinds of uh, cacao nibs and, and all kinds of things. So they can be tailored to what works for you. But it is said that happy is healthy, and I buy that. So I eat chocolate every day, and I, I'm pretty happy, and I'm definitely, knock on wood, healthy. Yeah, and I love what you said about the cookie telling you that the meal had ended. It, it is like a punctuation mark, and I sometimes do that with the very high percentage chocolate. Chocolate, and I understand right. that, that chocolate in a bar has saturated fat and that. I'm not blind to these things, but you only need a couple of little squares of that stuff to just make you feel like, yeah, the meal is ended. I'm going on to live my life. That's right. You really do just need a little bit. And, I, and I've learned to tell myself that. And over time, it just became integrated uh, within my, my senses is that just put this quality, high-percentage chocolate in your mouth, whether it's a truffle or just a piece of a good bar or a little cake, and pay attention to how it feels instead of just gobbling up some waxy, yucky old chocolate or chocolate that isn't chocolate like in the old days. And you you know you've had something, and there you go. I like your punctuation point. That's yeah. right. And the saturated fat in chocolate is actually said to be a healthful fat, but, you know, chocolate has serotonin and flavanols. We're talking about the, the dairy-free chocolates, of course, and the higher percentage ones. But I don't ever call chocolate a health food. You know, I, you know how I eat. I eat greens and grains and beans, and that's the bulk of my diet. And then I have something, a treat that I consider a, a treat. Desserts are not really part of the... Um, they're not one of the five food groups that we need, or they're not on any of those plates. But somehow, intellectually and socially, they are. So I really wanted to offer people the opportunity to have something that was unapologetically delicious and still be within a healthful lifestyle diet, the one mm. that works for you. Well, you do it really, really well. And the book is just gorgeous for anybody who has not seen it. This is a hardcover book, which proves how much your publisher believes in this book. The photographs are just exquisite. <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, I wish I had some chocolate right now. Well, I'm just going to look at this picture. <laughs> That'll do for the moment. It really yeah. is beautiful. And you explain everything so well. I think those of us who are not natural chefs can be easily intimidated by some kinds of recipe books 
And even though you are a trained chef, you can talk to the rest of us in in a way that we understand. So I want to just ask you a little bit about chocolate, Fran. I know that you're an expert in all kinds of desserts, but you're focused on chocolate now with this gorgeous new book. So you talked about having high percentage chocolate. Now, I know what that means when you're buying a candy bar. What does it mean in the whole culinary world? Well, it, it the percentages that are generally list they are listed as a matter of course on the on the chocolates in the marketplaces now. The higher the percentage, the more cocoa mass, in other words, the more chocolate, which is unsweetened chocolate, is in what you're going to eat, and the rest is sugar. So, an, a seventy percent bar will be seventy percent. Chocolate, cocoa mass, cacao mass. Nobody really knows how cacao, cocoa happened, but I found out in researching this book that it was just a misspelling along the way, and the rest <laughs> is sugar. Um, so it's interesting to me. You, you might think that all 70% chocolates or all 75% chocolates or all 85% chocolates would taste the same, but they really don't. We have taste buds that vary, and manufacturers have proprietary ways of roasting the beans, for example, or not roasting the beans in the case of raw chocolate. So they taste different, and you might want to taste them, taste some and see what you like. But what I suggest to people is that you really need to read the label on the bar that you're buying. You can buy uh, a 75% chocolate bar and think that that means it's going to be, there's going to be no dairy in it. And I would certainly think that, that only dairy is only a component of a milk chocolate bar, right? But it's not the case in the in this country. Up to 12% milk is allowable in what's labeled as dark chocolate. So that's something that I found out while I was researching this book. And I really want people to know about that. Well, you know how I found out that when I was dating William and he brought me this box of Godiva chocolate Mm -hmm. because that's what you do when you're dating. Mm -hmm. And I was just ready to tear into that thing. (laughs) But I'm so used to reading the labels and found Mm -hmm. out, yeah, that I don't think in that particular box there was a single chocolate that had no milk in it at all. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're finding more of that because it's a filler and it's, cheaper for the some mm. of the manufacturers and I too I'm just you know I, if we can suggest to people all the time to read the label because vegan's becoming a really well it's I think it's quite main street today and this means it's trendy so the big guys the big manufacturers are buying up some of the um, vegan companies as quickly as they can sometimes it's friendly and sometimes it's hostile but you might have been used to purchasing a particular brand and if you buy it tomorrow because you're all out i would suggest you turn the label over and have a look but you know without those extras the extra fat that's added to some of the chocolates and the milk and so on the flavor of the chocolate really comes through so the higher percentage the more bang you get for your buck in the chocolate is really in your face. And that's a wonderful thing. And I just say in the book and in my classes or to my friends 
the right chocolate to use is the one that tastes good to you right out of the package, as long mm-hmm. as you stay within the percentage listed in the recipe. Because if you start using a different percentage, I really want you to have a success when you make my recipes. They're well-tested by real people in real kitchens, not in professional kitchens for the most part, and they work. But you need to pay attention to, to things like the percentage of chocolate that's listed. And I so, will be bringing some truffles to Main Street Vegan Academy students on Saturday. I'm so glad. Yeah, that that would be very disappointing if if you did not come (laughs) bearing truffles. Now, let's just get really elementary. So some of the recipes are going to call for cocoa powder. Mm -hmm. And cocoa powder is unsweetened and fat-free. Is that correct? Well, you know, I have a problem with fat-free as a term because there is really nothing that's fat-free. Even lettuce has some fat. And, um, but cocoa powder is, has had most of the fat removed. Generally speaking, cocoa powder, which is that dry brown stuff that, you know, uh, and, and I'm calling for unsweetened, typically is 10 to 12% fat. Now, again, because chocolate has become a real hot item, people just love it. You will find some cocoa powders up to 22%. Fat, but mm. if you compare that with solid chocolate, having nothing to do with the sugar here, we're just talking about the fat. Solid chocolate starts at fifty-four percent fat. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but why use cocoa? You know, using cocoa powder, you're getting a real direct hit of chocolate flavor. You add the kind of sweetener that you want to use, and that's another benefit. And you're starting with a lower fat product. But you do need to use the cocoa powder that's listed in the recipe. So a recipe typically should say Dutch processed cocoa, which is also seen as European style, and it's the darker colored cocoa, or it should say natural or non-alkalized. Not every cookbook author or recipe writer makes that distinction. And if you switch them in a batter-baked recipe, something that goes in the oven, you will have, sadly, a fail. So here's a trick. If the recipe calls for baking powder and baking soda, you can be pretty sure that that is the Dutch process or European-style darker cocoa. And if the recipe calls for only baking soda as the leavening agent, that's likely to be natural cocoa powder. Now, I bought some Dutch process because it just looked fancier. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) You know, it said it was good and it said it was... Non um, exploitative to people, and we'll be talking about that in a little bit. And I used it to make hot cocoa, and mm-hmm. it did not taste very good. Is it just not designed for that? I, well, it might. No, it is definitely designed for that. Our friend, our mutual friend, Linda Long, the author of Great Chefs Cook Vegan. And her new book, I always get the virgin part in the wrong place, but I think it's... it's virgin vegan. Virgin vegan. Um, grew up, she talks about growing up in a, truck, truck, in a truck stop, and she really likes cocoa, hot cocoa made with natural cocoa powder. I don't like the taste of cocoa made with natural cocoa powder. I prefer Dutch process. Um, the natural cocoa powder to me is fruitier and a little harsher. Linda loves it. 
If you bought a particular fair trade, did you buy a fair trade Dutch press? Yes, I did. In a round can? Yes. And is it equal exchange? I, bet I don't it is. know. Uh, I'll, look, I'll look when I come over on Saturday, okay. if, if okay. you don't mind. Sometimes the Dutch Press's cocos are too alkalized. They've been just gone a little far. Uh, you know the color, that blackish color we get with Oreo cookies or the Hostess kind of cupcakes? That comes oh, no, really- friend. I have never seen an Oreo cookie or a Hostess cupcake. You never? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Victoria. <laughs> you got me. Well, so if the cocoa powder is too highly alkalized, it's not going to taste good. And I've had some instances of certain brands where that's been the case. But um, there are many. And um, I'll just have a look when I come over. It's individual. It's taste. It's taste. How did you make your cocoa? What did you use? The recipe on the box, I used... Probably almond milk because my husband is now preferring that. Mm-hmm. And I use the natural organic vegan sugar mm-hmm. from um, Whole Foods Market. Uh-huh. And I believe a little vanilla extract. It was just different. But you know yeah. what you're telling me, Fran? I mean, I grew up in the Midwest in about the same era as Linda Long in her truck stop in Pennsylvania. And I have a feeling we were just drinking the same kind of cocoa. <laughs> well, maybe so. Maybe so. But I just, you know. European taste. Yeah, everything that you use should make a, a yummy cocoa. But I suggest that you look in Vegan Chocolate, my book, on page, starting on page 240. And I've got several cocos. One is called Low Fat and Luscious. And my favorite plant-based Plant milk or non-dairy milk is almond milk. I just love the taste. Sometimes it's the proportion. So I've got one cup of plus two tablespoons of the milk and two and a half tablespoons of Dutch processed cocoa, a little bit of maple syrup, a little bit of sugar, and then a little bit of starch, which thickens the cocoa and gives it a really rich mouthfeel. And then I also have a quick and easy, just a, a low-fat, I mean another homemade hot cocoa, so I see that mine, and this is preferential, all use the Dutch process, but here I say, you know, it's your choice. My son studied one year in France at the Sorbonne, and he, I remember he, it was pre-email days. I mean, you know that I have four grandchildren already, so we're going back a long time. But he took me when I went to visit to Angelina's for some a drink that they serve, a beverage, very elegant, called Chocolat Chaud. And really what it is is a melted chocolate bar with oh. water. <laughs> and they serve they serve some water on the side. It's so rich. So that that's something that's too rich for me. But these hot cocos are good. You can make a hot cocoa with Mexican-style chocolate and then um, add some cinnamon, which is a really, you know, the healthy spice. A nice healthy spice. Or I heard you say earlier you talked about the two sacred beans, the coffee bean and the chocolate bean. Mm-hmm. Have yourself a little espresso hot chocolate if you want. 
But it's well. It's in- I make a promise, Fran. I will never again touch chocolate without filtering it through your book. So I make sure it's absolutely the very, very best. Wow. And we need to go to break, but we will come back with more with Fran Costigan. You can check out her website, francostigan.com. The book is Vegan Chocolate, Sweet and Simple. Listen to these important announcements, and we'll be back with more chocolate right Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan. I'm Victoria Moran. You can still get in on this conversation, 888-558-6489. I am talking with the queen of vegan desserts, Fran Costigan. You can find her at francostigan.com. You can also find her on Twitter. She has been listed among the top 50 cooking instructors to follow on Twitter. And her cute little Twitter handle is Good Cakes Fran at Good Cakes Fran on Twitter. And we've been talking about chocolate because her new book is Vegan Chocolate and it's way yummy. Now, Fran, you say that chocolate is a bean. It's a plant, and therefore, it actually has some components that are good for our health. What are they? They are flavanols and some serotonin, and, um, you know, this is an... I want to just back up a little and say that I was taught that all plant foods that are edible are good for us, and, and the cocoa bean is 
definitely, you know, it is a plant. I had somebody post on my Facebook page that it's a plant, it's a bean. You, you've said, Fran, you always say that chocolate is a bean and I say chocolate is a plant and maybe it's a salad. I mean, I don't think it's a salad, but it is a <laughs> plant food and it really is a nourishing food when you leave off the dairy and it's not loaded with sugar and so on. There's definitely some fat. You you talked about that earlier and we want to be careful about the amount of fat that we eat, but it is considered a healthful fat in the way that, uh, I mean, in my opinion, avocado, the fat in avocado is a healthful fat. I don't shy away from from fat. I watch my fat intake, but I eat fat. So mm-hmm. I'm going to put that right out there. I feel better and, when I have some fat in my diet. You eat fat and you look slender because I see you all the time. Yeah, so you've got you. something figured out. Well, so people, people I, in your book, I realize it's a book about chocolate, but you have a few things in there that are a little bit extra and not chocolate. And there is one that is on your fabulous book trailer. I think you called it vanilla pastry cream. Oh, and it sort yeah. of looked like what the angels eat in heaven. What is oh, in that? I'll have to get some of that for you. My daughter-in-law, who's a documentary filmmaker, did my book trailer in L.A., and she couldn't stop eating that. I mean, she just couldn't get over it. So the vanilla custard cream, I think that's what you're talking about. I have a couple of creams, and they aren't brown because we want some white with our brown, um, is made with whole cashews, which are soaked. And cashews make the soaked cashews really create the creamiest, creamiest, creamiest creams, and also coconut milk in combination. So this is not a low-fat item, but you really just need a little bit to taste good. And I think, and there's some organic granulated sugar, a little bit of agar powder, and a little bit of guar gum, which are all easy to find in, and in any markets today or online, and a vanilla bean. If you have a high-speed blender, like a Vitamix, as I do, you can actually make this recipe completely in the Vitamix because you just keep blending and blending and blending until the mixture comes to a boil, and it is incredible. It's used as, I use it as if, I, I would use it in place of whipped cream. Um, I would rather eat this by far than one of the fake vegan whipped creams that's full of things that I don't eat, like partially hydrogenated this and that and so on. It's just really pure, and it's absolutely delicious. And if you don't have a high-speed blender, you just make it in a standard blender and you do a little bit of cooking in a, in a pot. But it's yummy, Victoria. I'm going to have to bring you some of that. I, also... well, I look forward to that. And it, it really, I mean, it looks fabulous, and you're right. Cream is something that that is difficult to duplicate in a vegan fashion. You know, I've I've done different kinds. You know, cashew based, tofu based, this and that. But this that you do <laughs> seems exceptional. So before we leave the topic of chocolate, I know that you're very involved in ethical chocolate. What is that? Well, I I think it's absolutely 
once I heard a bit that there was still a connection, child slavery and chocolate, I just was astonished and obviously very, very sad, heartbroken. You know, that we're still talking about slavery today is unbelievable to me. And at best, the production of chocolate is hard work. The bean grows on trees that are in the jungle. It's hot and it's sweaty and machetes are used. So this is this is a hard hard work for people to think that children are taken away from their families and are truly slaves just broke my heart and I, and and I feel that you know it's karma it's an accident of birth that my children are happy and taking care of their own children and not slaves so I began to look into the idea of well what what are some companies what are the companies that are not using slaves, you know, children's... I, I, you, you hear me fumfering because it just breaks my heart. I almost can't talk about it. But with Thanksgiving, come, uh, I mean, Halloween tomorrow, we really need to talk about it. So there is chocolate labeled fair trade, and there's chocolate that's ethical chocolate. And you can, in my book, I list companies that are fair or ethical. You know, fair trade is a is a label that's become almost like organic where there's some costs involved in having your company certified and there are really ethical chocolate makers who are using the term ethical because they're not certified by the fair trade certifying organizations but they go at least to usually beyond most of the slave chocolate, and that's really what it is, comes from the Côte d'Ivoire, and that's primarily Hershey's. Hershey's has promised, because there's been such a backlash clearly against this, to ban and the use of child slavery in the year 2020, if you can believe that. That's a little too long for me to wait. So I what seek out. is that? Yeah. You know, it's, it's always that? whenever a, a law passes to end some sort of, of animal abuse, human abuse, whatever it is, it's always so far in the future. What kind of makes me think they're waiting for a loophole so they don't really have to do it? Maybe I'm being cynical there. Well, it's crazy. It's just crazy. So what it means is that they've heard, you know, they've heard people are really wising up here, but... There are so many ways to buy ethical chocolate today. Trader Joe's has an organic fair trade bar that's very good. Whole Foods has their own brand, and usually when the stores have their own brand, they're less expensive. uh, Theo Chocolate is a favorite of mine. They were the first bean-to-bar company in the United States. They're from Seattle, and they are ethical. There are many, many. So I list them in my book. And also Patty Brightman, our friend Patty, Put yes. me on to the Food Empowerment Project. So that's the foodempowermentproject.com. And they have, an up, they have up-to-date listings on the chocolate companies that are ethical, the ones that are transparent, the ones that are maybe, and the ones that are not to be recommended. So I highly recommend that everyone have a look and really support the companies that are doing the right thing. Let's so that is thefoodempowermentproject.com? Mm-hmm. Food, okay. Foodempowerment.com. Oh, foodempowerment.com. Okay, yeah. great. And I see you've also listed as one of the good companies my favorite chocolate, which is Nibmore, N-I-B-M-O-R-E. 
M O R. Oh, they're <laughs> deli- their chocolate's delicious. It mm. literally melts in your mouth. It's raw, and they're just totally wonderful people. Too they are wonderful and, people. And that's a credit to them. That's a credit to them because it really is harder to make a raw chocolate taste delicious. Well, they've done it. And they have done it. There's a lot more raw chocolate in Europe. You know, I was at the London Veg Fest and Paris Veg Fest not too long ago. Lucky me. Yes, lucky (laughs) you. Yes, we did. I really have to say, I mean, you and I have been vegan for a really long time and we have seen very giant changes. And one of them is watching 10,000 people come to a veg fest in Europe. Whoa. Whoa. That's a good and thing. And you were saying more raw chocolate over there? Yeah, I saw a lot a lot more raw chocolate over there. Uh-huh. That tasted really good. But we're catching up. Nibmore is good. There are some other brands that are really, really good. Wonderful. Really, really good. So you have to taste, you know. It's a little homework. Everybody... Have your greens, eat your kale salads. <laughs> I always look forward to lunch. When Victoria asked me to to teach at the academy, I was very excited about it. And I always do, I do one class before lunch and one class after lunch. I mean, my mother didn't raise a dumb kid because <laughs> I like the lunch. And then I bring a little dessert as part of my presentation on how to do a demo. And can you eat treats and be healthy too? And I would say that, as a woman of a certain age, as you like to say about us, I'm doing pretty good. I'm not taking one single pill. My numbers are great. My doctor is really happy, and I feel good. Well, this is I hear this more and more and more. It's my story, too, and I just feel like we need to shout from the housetops. If you want to be happy when you're older than you ever thought you'd get... <laughs> Change yeah, your diet I'll say right now, and it doesn't have to be so strict and so stringent that you don't get to have some truffles. So, but on the other side, and I know I don't want this show to end without letting you talk about something that you said you wanted to discuss, and that is the candy bar vegans or the junk food mm-hmm. vegans. What's your opinion on that whole aspect of this movement? Right, I mean. I'm vegan for many reasons, and I did become vegan originally 23 years ago or so because I wasn't feeling well, and I decided to see what a plant-based diet to do, would do for me, and it was so startling. I never looked back. And then, of course, right away, I learned about the animals and compassion, and I think about all the animals that I'm personally saving, maybe, hopefully, by doing my part. But we have to have compassion for ourselves, too. We have to take care of ourselves, too. And taking out the animal food and eating a diet of all processed food and junk, you know, I I call that a candy bar vegan. I mean, to me, that's what I think of. And I see people who are eating vegan, and I think we all should be eating vegan. I think it's the only possible way that we're going to have a planet and and people and love, but we need to take care of ourselves. We If we don't take care of ourselves, we can't do the work. And so that means eating whole foods. And it's not so complicated. It doesn't mean, I'd, it doesn't mean giving things up. It, there's the, the food component of a vegan diet, to me, is about the best part. We have 
so much delicious food. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Eat seasonally, eat all the different colors, use different cooking methods, including the no cooking method, vary your diet, but keep it real. And that's what I do, and that's what I suggest. You know, and then your weight ought to, you know, be okay. We work at it. You and I exercise too. You know, there's not just only one thing, right? We we exercise. We lift weights. We do. But um, don't live on candy, please. I know. I wrote a chocolate book, but and, <laughs> and and I do eat chocolate every day. And my last two books were were dessert books, and I teach vegan baking boot camp. But I eat my treat within this, you know whole foods, plant-based diet. That's what, that's what I do. I eat real food, and I love it. And you and I have sat down to have some salads together that look like, you know, maybe we've invited six other people to have lunch with us. But mm-hmm. that's what we do. Well, you have the salad for six and the truffle for mm-hmm. a small child, and, and <laughs> it there just you go. works out beautifully. And now, it really I is yesterday, a happy Fran, life. Hmm? I said, and it's a really happy life. It really is. Now, I read yesterday that a vegan, on average, saves 100 animals per year. And you said earlier, I think, that you'd been vegan for about 23, 24 years. So that means uh, 23, 2400 animals. And if you think, how many animals can we directly save? You know, you can adopt companion animals and Mm -hmm. you can adopt from afar animals at sanctuaries. But just by changing your diet, you can save thousands. That's, That's right. so exciting. Oh, thank you for that, Victoria. I actually never thought about it that way, and that makes me feel really happy. You know, I'm crazy about Victoria's dog, Forbes, because the, when you had, you had just adopted him, and I think I came over to teach, and he was so sweet to me. He was just so loving. Oh, I loved him. So now I'm co-parenting my daughter's rescue dog, Chloe. And I just love, because I can't have her all the time. And Chloe is now 11. Tracy adopted her when she was one. And she was a very sad little dog who'd been neglected and grew up now for these last, you know, 10 years in a very loving environment. But now there are a two-year-old little boy and a four-year-old little boy and Hal the cat and kind of Chloe's gotten kind of nervous. So she likes to come in to stay with Cupcake Grandma. Yes, it's and wonderful. I love, I Let's go to grandmother's her. house. Oh, Fran, I can't believe that our, our time together has gone so quickly. Oh, my goodness. The book is Vegan Chocolate. The site is francostigan.com. She is at Good Cakes Fran on Twitter. And on Facebook, she is Vegan Pastry Chef Fran Costigan. Now, Fran is also going to be coming on the Main Street Vegan Cruise as one of our speakers and teachers in February of 2015. So if that sounds just divine, which it really is, you can go to MainStreetVegan.net, click on Cruise, and it's really wonderful. We're going to be sailing out of New York City on Norwegian cruise lines, and there'll be Fran and Dr. Will Tuttle and Dr. Michael Greger and... Farm Sanctuary is a beneficiary, so that's going to be a wonderful thing coming up in the future, future. And in the meantime, a little bit closer next week on this program, my guests will be David Simon. He's the author of Meatonomics, What 
meat production is doing to our economic system. Daniel Redwood, the wonderful singer and songwriter, the troubadour of the vegan movement. And I'll be co-hosted by Danielle Legg, who's been helping me out some. She also does great work for our hen house and for the wonderful documentary film, The Ghosts in Our Machine. So we'll have quite a party a week from today as well. Thank you so much, Frank Costigan. Thank you for your chocolate. Thank you for your spirit. And everybody listening, God bless you and eat your veggies. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard shares this from his book, Good Questions. We are here to learn, grow, experience, savor, exalt, cherish, create, and to use our connection with that mind to make safe decisions. We are here to share, to be fruitful, and to multiply the good over and over again. Centering on the divine within, we become still and realize that whatever happens, we are still one with God. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Have you heard about Dr. Tom Shepard's new program on Unity Online Radio? Tom Shepard, isn't he the Unity Magazine question and answer guy? Right. Well, they've actually turned him loose with a radio show, and I hear it's going to be pretty edgy. Edgy? Like what? Guest panelists and students from Unity Institute and Seminary, topics like abortion, gay marriage, war and peace, environmental issues, Islamic fundamentalism, universal health care, religion and politics, current events. Yeah, but they'll all be Unity people, right? 
Dr. Tom and his students will talk about the hard questions facing all people today, sometimes joined by rabbis, priests, liberal and conservative ministers, Buddhist monks, Baha'is, Hindus. And he's going to interview them on the program? Better, he's going to introduce a controversial topic and let students and special guests go for it. This could get explosive. Does he have guys in black shirts standing by to break up the fights? (laughs) If I know Dr. Tom, he will keep it both friendly and spirited. Whoa, I gotta hear this. When and where? The program is called Let's Talk About It, and it's on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio. So let's talk about it. Definitely, let's. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts. 